Live from the apocalypse, like a wet kiss from a dog, this is State of the Game. And um, I am the ambassador of the boogie. See my shoulder? Dano. Um, and, you know, the Don Dada of the dungaree section of Burlington Coat Factory, uh, K. Diggy, is with me. Yeah, man. Thank you for being here. The um, and And... This is fantastic. I love this shit. I love doing this shit, Kay, every fucking week because the research changes my life before the before the interview even happens. Mm. I dig I the, we have a guest today that has got a catalog of you know catalog like like as as long as driving through Texas, right? It's it's a lot of catalog. That's a hell of a drive. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. And so you, yeah. And so I was able to just crack codes and today it all fit together. Uh, and I, I had my realization, but this is somebody who has built a name faster than most people you would think, right? It takes people a long time to get where he's gotten uh, and it's the work. It's the work and the game planning that's done it. I I am so proud to have AJ Swade back for a second time as our guest. Thank you Yo, for being. Thank you. No, mm-hmm. thank you, bro. I do appreciate it. Yeah, I got like you said. It was today. Like I was just listening to Swade all week, just banging it. And, and today, I, it all fit together. The puzzle fit, and I'll, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> but. I am, uh, yeah, very excited. And you really, you had a 2023 so far that has been masterfully curated. I, and I was a little confused at first, you know, um, to get into it. Indica Music was the first project that dropped in January, right? Yeah. Just a very different album from anything that happened in 2022. Um, yeah, why was that album first? Why did that feel right? Well, so the thing with that with that one, even though it dropped in January, I might have started working on it in November, mm-hmm. and I think that 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 particular album reflects the atmosphere of the time that it was made. A lot of those beats are pretty slow. Yep, pretty sparse. And, um, you know, I just feel like I smoke indica. That's my go-to. You know, I grew up on the East Coast. We smoke a lot of sativa over there, a lot of a lot of sour, a lot of, like, head highs. So the first chance I got to get away from that, you know, I really dived into smoking indicas, and I just felt like I needed to do something. I make music, you know what I mean? Like, it's not – it ain't no – it's not always playing like that. I just keep doing it. So that was just – a collection of songs I made during that time. And I also wanted to do something where it wasn't one producer. I got a lot of cool producers that I fuck with, but because I don't mix it up like that, there's a lot of chances where we don't get to do any work. Right, right. You know, because if I'm not self-producing something, I, I kind of stick to my people, at least at this point. Like me and Televangel got a proven formula, you know, uh, 
me and, and Doug got a proven formula because it's yeah. not even, this ain't even the only joint we got, you know? And yeah. um, so, yeah, Indica Music, I really just wanted to let some other people shine and just more so give myself something to listen to, really. I think that one was more for me and more for, like, the collaborators that was involved in. Mm. Yeah. And do going going into the year, do you have like a, a release plan for how how you're gonna release uh or what projects you're gonna release for the year? Like how far in advance do you think or plan I should say? Yo, that's a good question because I think that if you would have asked me that the first time we spoke, the answer would have been different. Indica music wasn't necessarily supposed to drop at the top of the year. We was trying to do Parthian shots. January 7th, so it could be the one-year anniversary of Metatron's Cube. Wow. But it just didn't roll out that way, which is perfectly fine because, you know, like, if there's one thing I learned from Parthian Shots and, like, working with Fake 4 and, like, a smaller label that has a release schedule is that you do got to hurry up and wait sometimes. Mm -hmm. So in the midst of that, I was just making my music and I was getting ready to go on the road and I wanted to just have some fresh new music that I was excited about as well. So I think that's kind of, there was, there's a, there is an initial plan though for me to try to do something within every quarter. And it's not as calculated as it sounds. It's just like, I'm always cooking. So to like circle back around, now I'm ahead of myself a bunch of releases because I had to keep being patient with other releases. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? There's joints like like reoccurring characters was started January 2022, pretty much finished January 2022. Mm. You know, so in the midst of that, like we finished that before we finished Parthi, we started Parthian shots. So it's constantly changing, but I do try to space them out at least three months for the full joints and and just give myself and give people my my core base, whatever that may be, something every season. You know, that makes sense. That like K, like when last time Suede was on, we kind of talked about the mathematics of the flow, and sure. it's like you've understood the mathematics of the release stuff. Where like, all right, I'm waiting on that to come out, so I've got my own private stock. I'm gonna put together some good stuff from my private stock, exactly, feed and feed my people, uh, and until the big thing comes out, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happens. Cause it's like at that period of time, while you gotta be patient with the so those projects that I do with like a dub or a televangel, those are the joints that I'm fine with just rapping. I don't gotta handle any mixing. I get my input on everything, of course, but I can trust them to do that. So when you wrapping these things up and now we're talking about physicals, albums can be done. Prior to all of this, I feel like I could just drop something within two weeks of me being done with it. I don't do that shit no more, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think um, it works for certain people, but I do like to try to make it a, in, a, in somewhat of a small event in the microcosm of, of the many releases that are going on. I try to, like, make the announcement a thing. And then it requires a lot of patience, yo, because it's like a lot of people wouldn't would love to just keep hitting you with, Here's the cover. Here's the track list. Here's the, there's, we all are a little bit overwhelmed right now, just like by life in general and like the amount of choices that we have. So 
I try to do a lot more with less. And I think that I've, I've gotten pretty good at the rollout over time. So when you, there's years of trial and error with that, dropping an album is like not nothing to me, but that's like when I feel like I'm doing the most with myself. Like I got the most to do. I got something to be preoccupied about, something to look forward to. And it's like you look forward to the process and you look forward to the rollout that's done. New process, new rollout, new process, you know? Yeah. No, that's never not, really simultaneously either, because I can't I can't do that. When you talk about delaying it, it's it's interesting to me because I think it's it's much easier to just create and keep creating when you yeah. don't have an audience, right? Yeah. You have the freedom of just like it sounds weird to say, but in a vacuum, you do whatever you want. And I understand what you're saying. But but mm. as the audience grows and you people are anticipating your moves you feel the natural pressure to be a little more calculated with your moves. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, the, the, the funny thing about that is like, you know, I'm shot. You've spoken and been around enough that you can understand that I have, uh, you know, friends that at a time where, like you said, when there's not too much of an audience, you can just do whatever. Right. And there's people around me who don't understand how I have to be calculated with certain releases, you know, like it's, it, it kind of changes things in that aspect where it's like, of course I have fun making music. I have more fun doing that than most things, but I, I, I try to make every joint count. I don't really waste any tracks, you know, like even if the bars don't go with the particular things that constantly, I don't waste nothing. There's nothing that's like, especially being as prolific as I am at this point. It's like when you get X amount of albums deep, you got to make sure that you keep in, mind you, I got unlimited fire as long as I have unlimited life experiences, but yeah, you yeah. start wanting to hoard them bars for yourself. You know, you start wanting to hoard some of them beats for yourself just because you know, like, I trust myself to put it into good use more than most other people. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, and I don't want, like, I think some people who don't regularly create might might hear this stuff and be like oh i don't waste anything and like it's totally not a brag the worst shit you can do is go oh man remember that thing i did but i didn't put out that was awesome where is it you yeah. know that's a nightmare uh to to just not have that so we yeah zilla rock it, it said early on keep everything keep everything. No, i mean it was true it's like you know there's joints that um, especially when it comes to the beats that I did, that like for example, I don't want to jump around too much. Like on Art Flashington, there's there's beats that I started. There's a, one particular beat on there that I started in 2015, and like just through me finding old media fire folders of shit that I sent out to people trying to get placements, like I was able to find it and add on to what I learned now. So there's a lot of times where like I could go into old laptops and just export certain stems and redo the drums on my new computer. Like, I try to, and yo, you'd be surprised, especially you'd be forgetting some of the things you make. You go back and be like, damn, you'd be, like, you'd be pleasantly surprised at some of the stuff that you actually made. You don't be so quick, especially if it's in season. You hear the shit two years later, hear a bar two years later, and it still hits. Like, you're going to love it two years later from then. That's mm. awesome. No, it, it, yeah. The, so that, you can think about it, Kay. Think about all the different kinds of music Suede has made this year, right? Mm -hmm. He starts the year with an album with a bunch of different producers, right? Christ Koopa, Blood Blixing, just, just all kinds of really dope 
I would say underrated producers who are really good. Yeah, um, they're great. And goes right to Parthion shots after that with Televangel as Televangel is like burning hot. Uh, yeah. And and that solo. And then you get, you know, Suede produced project, right? And you go back to, yeah. you know, you, you get the variety of everything within the year. It's kind of a it's kind of a difficult thing to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, they were all made at so many. It's crazy because even those first three that you named, yeah, were made in twenty twenty two. No, twenty twenty three. Yeah, we're in twenty twenty three. They were made in twenty twenty two. You know, so it's like that's that's crazy. They still sound the the real situation with that is Doug being just as prolific as I am. We're all like really busy with our other release schedule. So it's like we have this great album, but we're in no rush to like, we know it's good. So we're in no real rush to make it jump the line, you know? So um, we also wanted to make sure that when they did Decay, him and Sharif did Decay, it had a, a good enough period to rock uninterrupted, mm. you know? Mm. So yeah, that's like you said, you just start, you start when you cook. You got that private stock. It's like you're making beats. Next thing you know, you got 20 ROMs over 20 beats. Next thing you cut it in half, you got a joint. And how does the weight, because it, it's interesting that you mentioned that you're mentioning weight, because I, you know, when I compare to like, and I think we did this a lot in the last, the last show, we compared a lot to, you know, how music is made today versus how it was made like back in the 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. And it, it almost felt like the early 19, like the early 2000s, late 90s was more like, you know, the artist would make an album, then it was released, they would move to the next project. And there wasn't well, really know, they, like they a would wait tour time. It too. That was like a necessity, they would have right. to tour virtually every project. That was a necessity back then. Oh, yeah. Right. So what's it like? Because now they're, like you said, and you're not the only artist that's mentioned like that wait time. What what is that what is that wait time for an artist like what is that how does that like feel like how does that does does your relationship to the project change do you does it like like what is that like what what's that wait experience like for you I try not to listen to them at all mm. yeah I try to stay away from them only because uh you know when it when it is time for it to finally drop. I got an analogy, right? So my mom, back in the day, taught a lot of kids with Asperger's syndrome. She had this one student, this, her name was Leia, and she was like five years old. She was an accomplished painter. And when she was done with the paintings, her parents had to take it away from her or she would start ripping them up. Yeah. You know, so it's easy to go back. Mind you, this doesn't apply, but I think in any creative thing, it's easy for you to go back and start being, what if I change this oh, area? What if I, instead yeah. of going with that gut feeling? So I think it's on us, all of us, yeah. especially if you don't want to run out of like any type of inspiration. So in that wait time, like do something useful, stay, stay engaged in the process of creating, you know, whether you going to use those bars or whether you're going to use those beats or whether that beat is going to end up going to one of your homies, like stay still create here and there, but I think it's on you to like refuel in other aspects of life because somebody like me is going to hyper-focus on that project if I don't do something else. That's why it's easy for me to just keep making music. Like on one time I heard Mad Lib say, 
And I don't really think that this is 100% right, but he was like, you don't even really listen. You just wanted the next project. Right. And it's like, you could take, there's a little bit to be taken from that. You know, I love my shit enough that like, I get to hear it a lot in the process of making it. I still listen to, like, I'll listen to at least one project a week in full from me. I got enough to do that. You know, and just go yeah. back like, oh, I ain't heard this one in a while. Let me check this out. Damn, I was, but I think for a little while, like in the process of making it, like, don't hyper fixate on it. Like, if you know, stick with the gut feeling of it. Don't try to be mathematical about it. Just mm. remember how it was when you heard it and then listen to mm. it brand new when it drops. That's yeah. what I try to do. Yeah, I would. And and to add to that, I mean, about the tearing up the paintings, it's it's a it's an incredible image because like a lot of great artists are also great critics of art. For sure. <laughs> so like they will look at their own art and just like find the imperfections mm -hmm. and it will, they'll start to, it'll start to destroy the relationship they have to it. When in fact the audience is going to take that not as an imperfection, but as texture. Right. Yo, so there's something that, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. About the texture. So there's something I was I, I wasn't even gonna really speak on this, but I know that you're familiar with the Dark Sweater projects. Oh yeah. And um so I'm gonna say say it here first. I'm gonna do a best of Dark Sweater vinyl only compilation release, right? Like two tracks from each of the seven installments. Cause I'm gonna stop doing that series just because I don't wear any type of smoke with Disney, like, you know, so I'm not even gonna technically call the project the best of Dark Sweater. Right, right, right. But um Initially, I wanted to go back through those sessions and try to update all the mixes to my to my liking because, like you said, you might be listening to a song and it's like, oh man, this is so great, but now I know how to do this with the DSer. Yeah. And I had tweeted about that a little while ago, and interestingly enough, Laurent shit me back. He was like, "Don't do it. Like you just gotta let that." As 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 much as you might feel the need to go back and remaster it, like you know you liked it at the time that that was how it should be. So it's like I went back and I and I arranged that track list to what's going to be the, the fourteen tracks that make the vinyl. And yeah, there's just various stages of mixing knowledge and textures, and I think that when you listen to it chronologically, you kind of just hear everything getting better together. From the beats to the rhymes to the mixing, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always believed that when you release something, it's not a metaphor; it's literal. Yeah, mm. it's not yours. Yeah, exactly. At that point, it's kind of not yours no more. Like it is, but you know, like you gave it out there. You can't go back and do rec. That's why nerds hate retcons. You know, you can't be retconning shit just for the sake of because you can. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say it just I, it, it would just be hard because you know like the the project is static once you release it but your skills are still dynamic like you're still like growing right. while you're waiting for this project to finally yeah. be released as it is and that could be a trap. So by the time too. it comes out, you're like a you could be not like a completely different artist, but you could be like worlds past where you were when it was released. 100 percent you know you know yeah. we, we learn new things and change our minds about things and mm -hmm. have all types of educational experiences like within the span of weeks you know there's times where it's like one thing that could frustrate me sometimes is like when a verse that i've done as a feature comes out like three years later 
because like I'm sure it's great like at that time but I feel like I'm so into trying to get better like you know you see some of the people who like set the tone that like mutually we fuck with each other like that are monsters right yep you trying to be able to when it's your chance to get on the tracks with these people which you know I'm fortunate enough to get on to, to you know spar with some of these people you want to make sure your karate is right tips tip top form like you know like you don't want to go back and be looking at them cottage from three years ago and like you could have executed that punch better so yeah it's more criticism on self that's why it's like it gets real hard to you kind of do just got to keep creating and you know it could really be a trap it could it could be like to the point where it's like you might not like some shit but it's amazing but only because you're in your head about it like you know you're just really trying to rip up that painting you got the microscope on it you know what i mean yeah, yeah. it's like and to to the collaboration point, I, I said this on Twitter. Uh, I wanted to say this to you. I think you are the only rapper in the world who could join Shrapnel and not fuck up the vibe. Yeah, I feel like um, it's crazy because especially like I told, I got the opportunity to tour with them, and those two are like fraternal twins. Yep. <laughs> I do feel like a little brother to that, you know, but there's like, it's like even one thing when you got them on stage together and like, you know, they be completing each other's sentences. Yep. So, but yeah, you know, like it's, 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 it's cool to be embraced by those two because those, I don't, I don't really like, we, we all know how great they are. I don't really think people give, I don't think they get enough credit. They do. But when you get to, one thing about when you go on tour and like you got like 14 dates, 10 dates, whatever, you get to hear them set lists enough times that you get to really, really critically listen to bars and listen to songs and live settings and in ways that a lot of people don't back to back. And like, it'll really, you walk away from that experience like, damn, like, new Prem Rock was nice, but Prem Rock was nice, you know? Like, shit, like, like Prem Rock was nice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that's, Part of what you're saying, Swade, I think, is consistency is not applauded in America, right? It's it's about we we love the rise and the fall. We love the extremes. So we love to see Drake release a terrible album and then a good album, and then you know, we love to see the back and forth. We don't really if you're consistently great for a long time, people start taking you for granted a little bit. Yo, it's true. You know, one of my favorite rappers, Currency. I right, take Currency right. for granted. I take him for granted a little bit, you know. Because he's, he's so consistent. Year. It's an incredible year. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean it's it, yeah, it, it, people do that and, and it's just consistency is not as sexy as some as a comeback story. And so when you you see like you work in a similar way as Castro and Prep, right? In terms of the high standard of quality uh, that you apply to what you do. So I think yeah. that's why the fit is there. Yeah. You know, it happened, it happened very naturally, you know, it happened before it happened some years before any, any music was actually even recorded, you know, um, when we would even just teasing the idea of me and Televangel getting together to do a Metatron's cube, like two years before it even happened. Yeah, I was like, yo, Prem Rock, I got an album. Like, you know, like it takes, it took a minute. So it's like, 
I feel like by the time it was time for us to travel around and all of that, it's just a very organic thing. It's not, it wasn't so much internet involved. Like, obviously, that's the one thing that kind of keeps us all connected. But I feel like it went from back to whenever I'm in New York, I, I see everybody at least once type shit, you know? Yeah. Like, I think that's really, like, if I'm ever on your side, which, you know, I'm hoping to do an East Coast run and, like, you know, start at Portland and run down, I would like to see everybody right from the internet. You know, I like to put names to faces and Absolutely. vice versa, you know? So I feel Absolutely. like I'm pretty big on that. And once we was able to do that, that was that. It makes yeah. It makes the music better. It makes collaborative, like, you know, like, that real, like, chemistry is the type of shit you can hear on the track, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's great. Yeah, that's absolutely. Uh, and people listening go to these shows, right? And and sure, don't think about being a fan of this indie rap scene. The shows are just not that expensive to go to. Yeah, um, you can be especially there. not like it's not like seeing Wu Tang at Climate Pledge Arena, you know? No. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not, and 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 so you can you can pay a lot more for a worse show. Or you can, or you can pay like not that much to see a crazy lineup, like and, yeah, and, it, and go home with some physical music too, exactly, yeah. or a hoodie or something, you know. Absolutely, um, yeah. No, so Parthian shots comes next, and I've tried to be honest that I didn't understand it when it came out. Right? Yeah, that's fine. Not a hater, right? Not no, not. No, it's all good. It was obvious that that this was a well done thing. But the mixing was a new language to me. Uh, oh, let's hear, let's let's hear about that. I've seen in the outline. I want to know how you felt. So let's let's get to that. It it seemed like um, the opposite of play it in your car music. It was just not. <laughs> it, it it has a muted feel. Uh, it to it had initially. I had to turn up the volume and it just Televangel mix things mixes things very uniquely right and yeah listening to more and more of it i understood it better when i did the re-listening what i this week what i gave to myself was i just let go of all that and just listen to the songs do you do you hear every word clearly after you get it to that right volume um y- yeah yeah hear it yeah it's yeah. just i am allowed yeah. like listen. So let me uh let me yeah. tell you let me tell you my thought process back Go for it. Um, so, one of my favorite record labels is 4AD Records. Mm-hmm. I I push more for the way that the that the final mix was. The first album. This is we have a song on the first album called Five Times Ten. Yep. Yeah. 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 I love that song. Five Times Ten is the vocal reference for a lot of tracks. There might have been something a little bit more done with the mastering, but my goal with the mixing is more so to have it kind of. What's more important to you, if anything? This isn't. This isn't. A, there's no real answer to this. The vocal or the beat? Yeah, I mean it's it's, and it, and that's a tough one. That's a situation where it kind of depends, right? Mm. Like sometimes they should step on each other. Sometimes they shouldn't. Like Rock Marciano has mixes that have messed me up, right? Like yeah. that I had to get used to. Like I've learned because you don't know if something's gonna you don't know if something exists until you see it, right? 
Like, yeah. so when the first time you hear something mixed in an entirely different way, you know, it's like being on an alien planet. So, yeah, it's very much intentional because I'm trying to figure out how to. So there's a lot of bands that I fuck with. A lot of them happen to be on 4AD records. Mm. And I was also somebody who makes beats. I, I wanted this one to be like a one-to-one situation. I wanted it to be more about the song. I wanted it to be more about the feeling, you know? So, yeah, I think that it was definitely much more of an aesthetic choice. Yeah, with, listen to it with that lens, you know? That's I, awesome. I like it. So there's certain there's certain albums. I don't know if my, my hearing is getting, like, more sensitive to certain frequencies. Yeah. But there's certain albums that I'll listen to that I once loved that the vocals are just too on top of the, you know, dynamic-wise, the vocals are too on top of the beat. Yeah, 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 that happens. Some of these beats are so beautiful. Right. You know that it's not really like, hey, turn, it's not more so about turning the vocals down. It's also about turning the beat up. Yeah. You know, what, what I noticed was, is that, and I think I was talking with my friend about it, like, because of digital music now, like how digital, everything's recorded, a lot of the music is like flat. And what I mean yeah. by that is everything, like all parts of the beat are at the same level. So that's what somebody would call like the dime, you crush the dynamics, which a lot of right. times happens in mastering, for sure. And and crush the dynamic. And what I noticed about Televangels, particularly with this production, like there, every part had a different weight. So, so I'm gonna give like, that. I'm gonna give that more to MJC's ass than to Televangels. Mm, okay, MJC. He's the mass. He was the. Uh, he, he did master. He did yeah. master that one. You know. So I'm gonna say that that that's more something that happened after mastering as opposed to before yeah. mix. I thought I thought the mastering was was ex incredible and i and i really think like because of the different weight that each part of the song was given like there was dip like there were certain elements that really like transported me i guess you could say yeah i appreciate that when i stopped focusing on the mixing and mastering Mm -hmm. i realized that part of the unshots is just filled with incredible songs like um Holy moly, PBS Kids, you know, uh, one of my favorite last songs of the year and goodbye. Uh, all that jazz, I love all that jazz. Uh, one yeah, of my favorite all that jazz was, yes, definitely a different, yes, that was the first one too. I think, um, people weren't expect that to be the first drop for the second album. It's a lot different than anything that's on the first one, yeah. All of them are going to be different. Whenever, whenever it's time for us to get back to the third one, we're going to do something completely different. Our, we, we both got range like that, you know? So. And that's why I think it's important. Like, you guys chose not to make Metatron's Cube 2. You chose to make Parthion Shots. Yeah. And the difference is like, you know, uh, Fast and Furious 2, Fast and Furious 3 versus Coen Brothers movies where it's a similar cast making different movies you know yeah yeah, that's a good that's a good analogy for for sure so i think that's you guys made a different project altogether with the same skills you had refined 
together. So I think that's that's really dope. And it's an incredible piece of work, man. How, how do you feel it stacks up against Metatron's cube? Uh, when you when you when you hear the how do you I'll, I'll listen to Parthian shots more than Metatron's cube, but fair. Metatron's cube is the one that opened up a lot of doors for me. Like you know, like there's definitely it's a reason why it's one of my most acclaimed work. Right. And I didn't, and you know, neither of us expected that. We were just doing our duty of being musicians that make music, you know, and that was our first not our first overall collaboration, but like that was the first time we, it's important to get in the studio with people. Right. It's important when you do these full length joints that you go to the producer or have the producer go to wherever you at. And I think we couldn't have done anything at that level both times if it wasn't, if we weren't there in person, you know? So I don't know what it was. I think we would just, I think overall, so prior to Metatron's Cube, Ian was more so focusing on ambient music, right? Rap wasn't necessarily his main joint at the time. He always got rap beats on deck, but I feel like that one was the one that kind of reaffirmed, like, this is what we need to be doing, you know? So when it was time for the second one, I think that there was just, we, we didn't even really need to talk like that. Like, mind you, like, we were about the music. Yeah. I go over there, we do, you know, I keep count on me to do my thing. Vice versa, you know? So I feel like it was not... I think that the first one was a lot of us was, like, we were, we were trying to understand... Like, obviously, we're very aware of each other's music, but we were trying to understand the style in which we work. Everybody has a different different way of doing things, right? Yeah. And I think once we got acclimated to that, it, it wasn't, I'm not going to say an easier project to make. It, flew, it, it flowed a lot more natural because we've been through it already. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it didn't require as much thinking on like the technical side. I just wanted to outdo my raps from last time. My main goal was to outdo my raps. And I think that Ian, you know, like any producer, you want to keep making the best potential possible beat that you can. So there's a lot more complex rhyme scheme. There's a lot more complex and like more minimal, but kind of more complex abstract beats. Whereas right. Metatron's Cube is a lot cloudier, a little bit more synths. I think there's a little bit more soul in this one. Yeah. Know? Yeah. The first one's probably cohesive in a way. Mm-hmm. The second one isn't because of that. Like you said, the, the transitional sameness of the sounds, but yeah. Parthian shots has moments, has more moments in a way uh, where like, you know, I, I just remember how sad lounge is, you know, it's a very emotionally sad song. And then like to have just terrible, like uh gritty screw face stuff. And I remember like how quiet Esquire is on PBS kids uh you know holy moly like there's so many cool moments on this it's a Parthian shots is more of a roller coaster ride it, it was hard to sequence that album yeah I believe you know, it. um I mean at least in comparison to the first one it was a lot more difficult to sequence it also it was 16 tracks which <laughs> it's the same runtime even though it's 16 tracks you know 
So there is some times where it's like Metatron's Cube has a lot of situations where it'll go from rap song to like an instrumental interlude. A lot, a lot of three-minute songs on that joint. Yeah. Whereas I got a lot more two-minute songs on this one. There's a lot more joints that are to the point, like a light lava, like a lounge, shit like that. I love that. And, and Fish and Save Portland is 16 minutes. <laughs> sorry, 16 tracks, 40 minutes as well. I yeah. love that Televangel has become the like 16 songs, 40 minute time frame person mm -hmm. to be like, it doesn't well, have you know, I think it's, it's well, I don't even mean to cut you off, but I think it's only that will happen with us who are there. Like, you know, Incorruptible Saints, great project, but it's a lot shorter yep. because sleep, sleep wasn't there. You know, even though we're trying to nudge him to come up to the Northwest because, you know, throughout this thing, he started making connections up here. Yeah, and it's like we got our own thing going over here. Yep. You know, as far as like I'm, I, I'm fortunate enough that I get the dual citizenship that I get to take that shit over there and vice versa. You know, like I'm yep. the only yep. one that gets to do that. But when you talk to talk about like our little niche and community of what we got going on, you're gonna talk about the Northwest shit. It's gonna start with me and Televangel, right? And then right. we're gonna get to our Portland homies, like you know, old, old Great God and you know, uh on the Seattle side. Not in my head I call it uh the Blue Sky Black Death Extended Universe. Yeah, it yeah, goes yeah. on even before it goes on even before me. It's like the way that we even know each other, there's other people involved, you know, that go then get connected to dudes like Nacho and like, you know, so right. I think that that's one of them joints. So my bad to to ramble, but the sixteen track thing, I think that's more of, you know, we we there. We we there. You know, we working on the music and it's like initially like I was saying, you don't want shit to get wasted. Sometimes you do make 16 to cut it down to 12. I'm, I'm a killer like that. Like, I might have 16 joints. I'm not saying that they're not going to find their way someplace else or, you know, but I'm quick to be like, we're going to cut these. Mm. You know? Televangel's not. And and I learned that from him in Metatron's Cube because there's joints I wanted to cut off there that ended up being people's favorite songs. Yeah. So the only reason that this joint got to 16 I was ready to be like, nah, you know, people's not people are gonna see 16 in 2023. Right. That's all that's a daunting task to certain people. You know, you don't want them to quit before they start, but I trusted him with that. And that might be the longest length project that I have in the whole entire discography. Yeah, no, that's you, you gotta trust him, and um that's I'm glad you did. It's, it yeah. came out beautifully. Uh, my favorite album that you've released this year is arc flashed listen bro i'm gonna keep it shout outs to all the great producers i work with but that's my favorite too i was and i've been quiet i've been nice and quiet people are like yeah. i love the dove the dove is great or i like for the shots and I'm, i'll just quietly be like i got flashington that's my shit um but you know because there's something different about when you build the whole joint from scratch yeah you know, like yeah it's like that's like the whole unfiltered that's it. That's your recipe, you know? Uh, yeah. That's your recipe. And, and it's sonically, it's so, it's so thick. It, it's, it's very thick and it's very psychedelic. And it's, it's the samples. You feel the samples, right? Uh, yeah. Wrong things. Holy shit. You know? Yeah. Not um, sure. Thank you, bro. You like, you really, really feel that. Obviously, I, I said this, but most black superheroes was my ringtone for a lot of the year. Um, 
So that's the one that I did that beat in 2015. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. It was that good, yo. It just kept following. It just kept. It just wasn't. It wasn't the season. The season that was made wasn't the season for it to be played. You know? It's yeah. That's such a front to back. But you're you're right. It, you've grown as a producer, right? Producer Swade yeah. has grown and gotten better. And so, so I I still. You, and you used to just produce all your own stuff, like yeah. six tracks each time, boom, put it out. Um, and Arc Flashington feels like, you know, the developed version of that artist. Yeah, so for sure. Um, so I think that the Dark Suede tapes were the beginning of it, right? It started off as me looking for very obscure loops and trying to do kind of like the Rock Marcy situation, but in more of a darker, but more psychedelic kind of way, right? That was like like the New Yorker's interpretation of that in the Northwest with that type of atmosphere. But then once I got my MPC, that was that. That started around Dark Strader 5. I think that that's when I started really trying to I mean, I always wanted to be a snow, like I always wanted to be a producer first. You know, I say that a lot, but I think that that's when I started really thinking I was on to something. And Avada Kedavra was the fully fleshed version of that until Art Flashington came around. I got to do at least one of those a year, you know? Yeah. Just for that reason. It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's every, every joint is supposed to be like the culmination of everything before it. That's a good point. Yeah. Good point. Kay, what did you think of reoccurring characters? Reoccurring. Um, I'm sorry. Was that that was the deal tip dove? That's the last one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I I liked all of the projects, and I really thought what I what I did notice with all of them was that they had really strong finishes. Yeah. 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 Like, like a lot of people, a lot of artists, like they start out, like they they start they want to start their album. Uh, like with with a lot of like very strongly but I finished like for all of the projects I thought that the it like it took me a little while to get into them yeah. and like I think by midpoint like I would I like there, there was like a song near the midpoint yeah. where like things started to click and then they they all had really strong finishes so for recurring characters I really liked like the last and it, it was consistent for all three for all four albums. I really liked the last three songs. So like Dreads at the Monastery, Cold Hue, and Continental Drifting. So I wanted to ask, is that like intentional? Do you do that purposely? Like or does you know, that some, just how it sometimes ends up I happening? do. Sometimes I do, because it's like you gotta be I don't know. You you wanna you wanna keep people engaged throughout the whole album. So first and foremost, I always appreciate any um compliments about outros because it just goes to show that you got through it. Yeah. But sometimes you gotta you gotta be confident enough that you, to know that you could put heat at the end of the album. And there's been times yep. when track lists take multiple stages, right? At least for myself, produce ones. Some of the last three songs are the first songs recorded because I love though they set the standard 
they set the standard, right? So it's like, I love these three songs. I'm going to put them here because I know they're dope. But now everything I put before it, I'm going to challenge myself to be doper than those. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. kind of guarantees like a close, like a strong close of the album. Because it's like, at that point, it's like, I love these songs so much. I heard it 20 times in the mixing process. I know they're great. I'm not going to listen to them. These are back here. And then I work my way around and maybe there might be a final rearrangement. It's just one of those things where you gotta like as cliche as it sounds, you gotta just try to make it too many. Ooh, it takes a certain yeah. amount of confidence to be able to close the album that strong and just knowing yeah. all the tracks are so dope. I can put these three tracks towards that. Long story short. Yeah. No, at 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 the I agree totally, Kay. I think the reoccurring characters to me, and I love the cover, the cover makes a lot of sense. With the music, this the reoccurring characters to me sounds like the movie Westworld. Oh, sorry, the TV show Westworld looks. Which season? Oh, that's a, <laughs> <laughs> the early seasons. Like the like the op, you know they I like their opening. Yeah, Always exactly. Like the Westworld exactly. Open, opening, you know. Yeah, it's but yeah. This is it's this pretty is liminal. good Westworld music. If you listen to the instrumentals and just think about westworld i think i think it's it fit they're very steely and metallic uh and it's oh you're it's, talking about the labs under the park yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah. i can yeah, see yeah. that and, and i i kind of i had a question because i wanted to because i was wondering is this about the last album when you go into creating a project do you have uh i guess like overarching themes that you're trying to touch or do you, is it more like a, like a spontaneous, like you create a song and then you kind of see where it takes you from there? I think they're more like time capsules. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like to do things with more overarching themes, like intentionally. You know, I would like to sit down and do something like that one day. I think um, whatever themes make their way into the music just comes from everyday life. And I just kind of think, uh, I, I stay with so much material just because I document the time. I document my mind state at the time. But with that, the, the the more the discography goes, I try not to make any references to specific times. I don't really like doing current events. I don't like doing nothing. Like that. I don't want to specific. I don't want to, at least in this part, I don't want to date it for other people. You know, like I, I could hear an older, an older project and know exactly what I was doing at the time every single time I hear it. But I want it to, for the listener, consciously now, I want it for the listener to just like, we just, I, me personally, I can't speak for everybody. I think me and a lot of people who are cut from the fuck I'm cut from want to make timeless music. You want whatever you do, even with whenever, you know, the free music empire, you want these things to live. You want like, even like pre print media, or like, you know, even people who are really trying to document the DVD era of rap, like you want to make things so good that they live forever and that they, they're, they're in season anytime. So that's something that I that I try to do with that, if that answers the question. I don't know if I wanted to go off a little bit. No, I mean, it, it, no, you, sure. you remember like when you discover a new artist and you're going through their discography. And then yeah, you, that's what that's what it's about, man. That's like even when you're digging for samples. And it's like a road bump in the road. You're like, oh my god, that oh no, that was terrible. Like it's you don't want to have that. You don't want to have 
big nasty speed bumps in your discography. You want people to be able to just ride through it. You know, and I think the, I think the the um the way for that is really just to be making what you like. You know, just really focus on yourself. Like, obviously, you want to take things into consideration, you know, but I think you got to really lean on your taste, especially if you want to cut through some of this noise, right? It's like, it's easy. I'm thankful for, like, the crop of artists that I fuck with because they're all so different from each other, right? When Griselda made that big splash, there was an infinite number of Griselda clones. Yeah. Still is, right? So... Keep it filthy. I'd get pretty burnt out on some of those some of those dudes because I could always just go straight to the source, right? Mm. Right. So everybody I fuck with gotta be the source of what they're doing. You know, like you don't want to get. I can't go to no. I'm not gonna go to no curly Castro copycat. You go to the source. You know, and to do yep. that, you gotta be as original as you can with that. So. Does yeah. That, does that answer that? I can't no, because that that kind of rings true. Because that's what. Dano and I, we say that all the time, like, what can I get from you that I can't get from anywhere else? Yeah, especially in this game. It's the same with streetwear, clothing, sneaker. You know, like, it's not, I don't think it should be something that's so calculated and intentional, but I think the best way to do that is to just lean on, like, your influences, your eccentricities, mm-hmm. and your tastes, and it'll happen naturally. All, all mm. the fly shit that makes you you, then pour it into whatever medium of creativity you, you choose for yourself, will get you that result. You know, people will sit here and try to come up with a formula on how to be different when, like, you already got the cheat code, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, you you said it perfectly. You have to be the source, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I... Uh, I, I guess I am the source of overthinking things. So I have my own theory, my AJ Suede theory. So we got through the discography. Uh, is everybody interested? Or Yeah, let's go for it. Let's All do right. it. All right. So I was thinking about Eminem in comparison to you. A lot of rappers, Eminem was my example, use their music to channel anger, right? Mm-hmm. As direct kind of rage therapy right your music is therapeutic in a different way you use your music to organize your thoughts your observation your music can sometimes be about what you're what you want to eat having money for therapy distancing yourself from people with toxic behavior you like and sometimes they're sad thoughts right sometimes it's wistful but like you're organizing your life within the music. It's like you're sitting down and making a list of what you need to do. Um, yeah, I could, I could see that. You know, I could definitely see that. It's like, I think that goes into the whole, when I was saying it being like a time capsule, I just got unlimited material because I got unlimited thoughts, you know? Yeah, and I think yeah. when, I, when I listened to it, I was like, holy shit, AJ Swade loves control the way I do. I'm definitely... um you know, uh, like an agent of order, for sure. I would not law, not law and order, you feel me? But I definitely am like an agent of order as opposed to like an agent of chaos. Some of my best friends are agents of chaos, though. That's why, you 100%, know. 100%. Like, you think somebody like uh, like Lungs or Lone Sword, who's just like... Oh, that shit is chaotic. 
right? Yeah. yeah, they're fire though. I fuck with them, but they should yeah, definitely amazing. stay on. But like, it's the opposite side of the force, right? Like, yeah, you are, yeah, and and I would like a uh, rapper be saying like real purple lightsaber shit, right? Right. <laughs> I would much rather fail with control than succeed without it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, if I fail with control, that means I can pick myself up, learn from it, and do a better thing next time. Um, Yo, that's how and what does that control position. look like in your music? Mm. Well, you know, actually, um, it's cool that you bring that up. Because I think that when it's time to do projects with the one producer there's a level of control that I have to relinquish. And with trust, I'm fine with that. But that's why in order to keep that balance, I got to do it on Washington, you know? But I think which, I think um, as far as the process is concerned, these last two years, which in the long amount of 10 plus years I've been doing this, I gotten the best results from not constantly trying to be in control. Mm. There was a there was I think these last two years were great exercises and you know just in in, in due time like you know what I'm saying it's like I tried I, I have learned a lot to like fall back on that a little bit and let things be like you just hold up your end of, of you do what you do sometimes you can't you can't you can't yo it's like you get you'd be super frustrated just trying to control everything. You just can't yeah. do it, you know. Yeah. So Yeah, you don't want to open a sandwich shop next to a bunch of sandwich shops, right? You wanna Oh like a spike store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wanna you wanna hit it with something different. And I think you've you've consistently done that. This has been an incredible year of output, uh, where you've worked Well, you know, we got one more. We got one more. Um Shit, I don't know if I should say it yet. It's a collab album, though. It's one that we've been talking about, me and me and another rapper. But I can't, I, I want to wait till somebody else vocalizes it. But we got it on the calendar. And it, and, you know, on the calendar, hey. I've, I, and, and there's the cool thing is there's a lot of options as to who that could be with, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we vocalized it for sure. So, you know, uh, any outside of the obvious one that you know, is there anybody else that you're thinking of that might be a good one uh, down the line? No, I hear you. No, that's a good point. So, yeah. No, I'm wondering. I'm saying, is there anybody aside yes. from, from no, the, the obvious? I would say, like, I, you know, Sleep has has had discussions of having albums with everybody, right? Like, he's he's yeah. on. So, same I, with Def C. Yeah, 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 same with Def C. So, the, all that stuff can can definitely be See, happening. That's the thing. The thing with something like that is, like, I got to go where they at, you know? Um Right, right. I've been talking about trying to go to Chicago. Like me and Vic Spencer supposed to do an album. Oh, me and um, like you know, these are things that we like. Yeah, we got this on the docket, but I'm gonna catch you. We're gonna, we're gonna get there. You know, make sure we got that natural type of chemistry when it comes to making music. Before you know, I just want to be able to put names to faces, and I'm sure everybody wants to be able to do the same. And then from there, we make that great music. You know, so my son mm. just told me today, Kay. That Chicago is his favorite state. Is no, sorry, Illinois is his favorite state that is not Maine because of Chicago. What was his reasoning? Because Basketball? of Chicago. Because of Chicago. Yeah, but what what about what about Chicago? He well, we went to Chicago and he got to oh, see right. friends live, and he got to you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, with Sharif and them. 
He got to see no. They they threw a show, Free Music Empire show, in Chicago. Randall Bravery was performed. Yeah, shout uh, out to Brando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was mm-hmm. it was awesome. Yeah, Def C was there. He met Def C and Solar Five, and yeah. But we he just loved being in Chicago. So um, tons yeah. of people in Chicago. I got to get up with you know uh, yeah, all of them guys, even Song. I got to get up with a couple people when I'm down there. Yep. Chicago just seems like one of them cities like New York where it's like every it's, it's a little bit clipped up, you know. So deep, so deep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's 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 great, but yeah, I I, I appreciate it. We will keep following. Uh, yeah. Okay, how did you how do you feel about my theory that uh Suede is constantly organizing and reorganizing himself within the music? Yeah, that, that kind of that kind of drew your your question kind of drew up a question for me. And this, I don't know if I'm going to try. I'm going to try to phrase this the best I can. And I know that we've, we've talked about this concept of like viewing rapping, viewing a rapper's discography like the story, kind of. Like the rap persona is a character. So I want to ask Wade, like how do you view, do you, when you're rapping, do you view your, do you view your rapping as like a, like a character in the story or is it kind of like a, I don't know what what the opposite of being a character in a story would be like. Documentary. How how tied are you to your to your rapping? I guess you could say. That's fair. I was I would say um outside of like outlandish like braggadocious like you know traditional, <laughs> I'd say one hundred percent only because I don't. It's not. There's not too much. There's not. I'm not using my imagination, you know, and I think that's what makes it very easy to just keep writing. And I think that's kind of what encapsulates. That's what kind of sets that time capsule situation. But I, like I said, I do want to do something that's like a character, like a Bobby Digital, or like a Doctor Octagon, or like a Deltron. There, I want to do something like that. And Art Flashington was initially supposed to be that, but I can't organize the thoughts. Speaking on that topic, in order to really do the full concept, and. That is something that I wanted to do it. Like, this is a black superhero origin story, blank, whatever. He got electricity, like most black superheroes. And But that wasn't a fully fleshed thought, you know? But I know that I got the potential to go for that. So I think that might be the closest. Dark Swader, though, Dark Swader is like a character, not a character, but it's like a, a mood, I guess. That's like, you know, when it's when it time. But outside of that, I think that's more so like still within the scope of reality. I, I guess the best way to say, okay, like when you hear Megatron, like how would you say when you hear Megatron's cube? That came out last year, right? That came out last year. When you hear that and you compare it to your projects this year, what do you see as like the evolution of, of AJ Swade between those two projects? So the situation with that is it's more so like the evolution of the world around me. Mm-hmm. Metatron's Cube was first conceptualized prior to the pandemic. We started sending stuff back and forth early 2019. You know, like mm-hmm. there's rough demos of certain songs on there. There's certain songs on there that haven't changed. Like the beat might have changed. Like everything is, it might even be the original recording, you know. So even though it dropped in 2022, it goes back that far, you know. So I, I hear not necessarily, it's like there's adaptation from all of us that that happens with when, you know, after what we all collectively dealt with, like a lot of the bullshit that's kind of going on, even with pandemics, whatever. So 
I think it's more, what I'm more so here is a reaction to everything else changing around me. You know, adapting to everything else changing around you. And what type of insight you gain from that. Uh, Those situations challenged us to think in a lot of different ways, a lot of new ways, adapt to certain things, be in survival mode to certain things, even for certain people, uh, it changes the way you step outside. It changes your your um. There's no live shows. There's no you know we're not doing nothing it's like every this it's it's like two different periods really, you know. Uh, Metatron's Cube was like towards the tail end of that. Parking shots is more so the world trying to reopen. Shows mm. coming back, you know um, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. I think that's really what it is that that separates the two. Content wise, and Kay, I would add to that and say, like the the Darth Swader character to me is like a nod to, like him being this kind of um, cold and capable assassin of punchlines. No, I like that. So, like, it was you know he's he'll come in with a with a heart reference, you know, to the seventies band Heart. Or like you know what time it is. a bunch of dead-on Futurama references, where you're like, he's yeah. going on a bender like Bender, and you're like, Bender does go on benders. Holy shit! About uh, <laughs> heads floating like Futurama. Yeah. So it's uh yeah, heads floating Futurama. It, like references that are so specific, um, that that like you, they're undeniable, right? Like the what was the Harry Potter one? Give me the, the which was Harry Potter. Man, there's a bunch, you know. I think uh the album, the album. Oh, Avada Kedavra. Oh yeah, yeah, Avada Kedavra. Like when I I have that sweatshirt, and when I first was wearing it, yeah. And my wife was like, "Who is? is you, let's say it's AJ Swade, the album. This that's the title of the album." She was like, "That's good. Like that's oh, yeah, that's, that's a smart cool. reference. Like because she's a Harry Potter person, so." The references are so all over the world. But you know, the crazy thing with that, too, is that within it, I also learned where the word comes from, and it's Aramaic. And that gave it a whole other layer, you know? So, like, initially, it did start off with that, and then I started trying to lead more towards, like, the Aramaic wording of it, which is, if I'm right, it means, I bet it's been a minute, and I smoke a bunch of trees. <laughs> um, let the thing be destroyed. Wow. You know, that's, so that's the thing, even with like a book series like that, is that as as somebody who watches things and like consumes media that has like lore, fantasy, sci-fi, how many times can these can these movies keep making up words? What's, how, how many how many ways can you rearrange the the English language to come up with a new species of alien for your new sci-fi TV show? You know. Yeah. So I think the cool thing with something like Avada Kedavra is that it also borrows from real life, so it gives it kind of more of an allegorical reference, you know, to like the nerds, but also like on a more. But I'm trying to sound like I'm like I'm, you know, patting myself on the back about it. But it kind of it kind of reaches two different crowds, you know. Two it different... grounds it. It, it grounds it. Yeah. Deep root, and I think the 
Yeah, so the Darth Swader thing is kind of what hits people when they first listen, right? They're like, holy shit, that joke was insane. I think the thing with that one, though, is it's also Seattle seasonal depression, which isn't really something that I don't really think I get affected by the way that natives do with their lack of uh, vitamin D and sun. But that was around the time that that was conceptualized. So I don't think there's always time for... It, that that series has taken a lot of ups and downs because it first didn't even start off as being fully self-produced by me. I was moving from rapping on more rolling hats, 808s type of rap, and I wanted, and I got tired of that, and I wanted to have Dark Sway to be the separate thing to usher in this sound. And it wasn't until that I started actually getting some type of accolades, and it just was natural that it's taken many different stages, you know, so I feel like there's not really a concrete answer about that. At one time, it started off trying to be one thing and then became something else over time. I, I would just say that this time, while I was doing this research and listening to you, I got past the punchlines and I was hearing all the cool personal asides that are like, that feel like notes to yourself that are in your music. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really connected me to you, not just as a spitter, but like, oh, this is this is what he's doing. This is his mission statement is to like organize his thoughts and give you his thoughts in an organized way. Um, and so this is this is really interesting music and it's it's great. Um, and I gained so much from just listening to prepare for this. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Kay, do you have anything else or should we go to Recommendation Corner? No, let's go to Recommendation Corner. Um, I am very excited. The uh, Kay, I'm going to be on a release this Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Sleep Sinatra mixtape. Yeah, I've seen that. You spitting? No, 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 no. This is rap debut, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> no, the uh, yeah, I'm sure you could do some eyelids. I'm sure your eyelid game is probably crazy. No, that's like it's spoken word stuff, mm-hmm. you know. It's and it's yeah, it's, I've been what I've been doing, Swade, is hitting people with you know, like weird little spoken word interludes, um, and just saying, hey. You know, here, here, this is. I respect what you do. Uh, use it if you want. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and I've had some really good luck with it. Uh, PTG two, which by the way, PTG one was awesome. Uh, it's a really good mixtape series, uh, and this one's awesome. Def C's on it. Blood Blixing beats. You know, killer stuff. Uh, and I'm I'm on a the tail end of a great song, uh, talking about and all of these interludes that I've given. Suede have been incredibly personal to me, like incredibly personal stories, um, which has been kind of fun to do. Just drop personal stories all over the place. Um, and this one is is one of the most personal. Um, so it, I'm very excited for for people to check it out. But yeah, support Suede, support Sleep Sinatra as well. Sleep sure. has been killing it. Um, absolutely wonderful. Um, I've been really deep in uh, Nacho Picasso 
uh, stuff, as we were talking earlier. I'm going to recommend Lord of the Fly. Black yeah, I see yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lord of the Fly is crazy. Is that, is that exalted behind you, though? Yeah, it's exalted. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, by the way, shout out to Milk, who was like, you need to hear exalted. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. I Yo, if you really want to, if you if you fuck with Nacho and you really want to dive into some humorous Seattle shit, I got this one homie. Well, it's a mutual homie of me and Nacho who's locked up right now, attempted murder. His name is Dizzy Slick, and Dizzy Slick is one of the best rappers ever. And him and Nacho have a lot of like they're like two sides of the same coin. You might hear some similarities in word pronunciations and. But that's more of a Mac Dre influence thing. But Dizzy Slick, D-I-Z-Z-I Slick. And, you know, you'll be you'll be back home one of these days. But, yeah. So, oh, D-I-Z-Z-I. Yeah, Dizzy Slick. Oh, Especially yeah. if you would enjoy that. Trust me, if you enjoy Lord of the Fly and Exalted, free Dizzy Slick mixtape. Yeah, I see there's a free Dizzy Slick from 2015. I yeah. add this on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always I'm always into that. I've got some knucklehead energy within me that seeks to come out. So listen, yo, that's that's definitely going to scratch your itch. You might end up, <laughs> you know, moving some hoes too. Who knows? I love it. I love it. So I'm going to go. The other one, by the way, is I'm going to recommend. So I got two. I'm going to go with my third Jungle Pussy JP3. This is new. No, no. I'm okay. just going because of how Jungle Pussy is so great on the uh, We Buy Diabetic Test Strips. Yeah. I've been going back into the Jungle Pussy stuff, and four has been my favorite. I love four, but three is just bars. Like she's just going. Yo, I'll tap in. She's she's been crazy. Yeah, she's bars. And anyway, yeah, it's it's. I, I when I saw Shrapnel live, I went up to Castro and said, "When are we getting this Jungle Pussy Backwoods album? That's what we need." Um, oh, I could see that shit happening. Oh, that would be that would work. Um, yeah, I would. Yep. I would love to just see the fans react because it's so indie rap is such a male thing that her just it would be awesome. It would be awesome. But you know how it is like women from New York that rap are able to match that energy always, like since like the dawn of time, you know? Yeah, that's and real. Jungle Jungle Pussy definitely does that. Like she she got that type of she you know, she gets on tracks and she she told us it would be an easy thing for the casual backwards fan to digest. I'm just imagining like Jungle Pussy over like M- Messiah Music and August Fanon. Like that would be crazy. That would be so good. Child uh, actor. Yeah, child actor. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. This 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 should happen, people. Uh <laughs> so yeah, that's my recommendations. Swade, what are you bumping? What are you listening to? I'm just gonna shout out all all the good people that I truly fuck with. Um, the fish that saved Portland, Milk and Tell of Danger, uh, Pink Mabel, Penny Siegel. Oh, that's right. Yeah. How to capture playful? Yeah. Um, man, it's been a really good. This has been a really good month in music. Yes, it's been it's been uh, it's been good. That's why it's like sometimes it's hard to, and I listen to a lot. New Domo Genesis and Gray Matter. Oh, I meant to shout out that. Oh, I love Domo's always yeah. been my favorite Rod Future person. He's great, uh, and I mean I loved Red Corolla from earlier in the year. Okay, so I missed that one. 
Oh, is that the evidence? Is that that's the evidence reissue, isn't it? Uh, is that is that an evidence reissue? Maybe I mean uh, I don't know. I might be dead wrong. All right, Red Corolla, it, it's dope. Uh, but it's yeah, but you're right. The gray matter thing is bananas. Like it's it's really yeah. Good. yeah. And then one more. What else was uh the expensive psychological cheat sheet? Or I think it is August for nine. That's my you know he's another one that he drops mad music, but that's the series. That's that's my favorite series. That whatever installment drops me, like I, I'll drop everything and go to that one. Yeah, cheat sheet four is it though it's intense because. Vic is funny and and sharp, but he will definitely be referencing like this guy from the group home turned into this person, and yeah, you know, it's like it's very it's, personal. It's about a very specific like way of growing up that that Fanon and and Vic share, and not many people do, and so it's it's incredible. oh I didn't I didn't know Fanon, that that Fanon shared that as well. They share like. A lot of shared experiences. When Vic was on, he said, "Like we we connected on that. Like okay. so, I think they've been through similar experiences in that set, and so that's why this is their, like that is their series to talk about this, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and it makes it totally unique, as you said. Like no one can give you a psychological cheat sheet except for Vic and Phenom. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing about prolific musicians." Is like we were talking about this in the car when we was in, we was in, in the bay. Me and Castro was talking about this. Yep. And we go straight to the Sunny Gym ones. So that's the thing. We try like all these people who make it's a lot of music. Instead of people trying to focus on it being like, oh, that's a lot of music. If they serious, yo, just you got your series. You got your, you know, you don't, you don't gotta. It'll still be there. It's not yeah, gonna you you got to think of yourself like like an ice cream shop, right? You're like the AJ Swade ice cream shop, and I'm walking Shout in to Master to Master P. You know, I'm like, give me that flash, <laughs> give me that Flashington. You know, like I'm like, yeah. Um, so it's everybody's got their own flavors that they like. Spencer Fryer is great, uh, great one to pick. So it's, but yeah, I'm with you. A cheat sheet for me. So mm. good deal, good deal. The uh, K, what are you what are you listening to? Uh, the only recent thing I've been listening to, I've listened to Sampa's, Sampa's new album. Oh, I gotta check that out. Which when he dropped that on what? Warp? Hyperdub? One of them, one of them UK labels. Warp, maybe? Yeah, I don't know the label, but yeah. it's, it's really, it's really like, in terms of like, you know, these times right now are very, you know, chaotic and high strung. That really, really like chill, relax, relaxing album. For me, Ooh, yeah, I'll, I'll go check that out because I need to, especially since I've been back from overseas, I've been trying to like take myself out of the genre every once in a while. Yeah, you know, like I, it's, it's so easy because it's like I'm I'm such a fan, but I do need something like a softer album to break the monotony. Mm-hmm. My usual, so I'll see what's up with that. Yeah, and the one thing texture wise on the Sampa that I, I struggle with, Kay. Like, <laughs> a lot of times, souls, uh, you know, soul R&B singers will, like, hit a high note and a meaningful part of the song, go back to the, the way it is. Sam's right. always hitting high notes, going back down and hitting high notes. <laughs> it's like a lot of, of high notes. So these are five-minute songs. It's just, I'm just like, whew, it's a lot we're doing. Well, we got the five-minute songs in 2023. 
great man. Yeah. A great group. Five minute songs hitting high notes seven or eight times in them. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check it out. It, it's a lot of work, and it's a it's a really pretty album. Like there's yes sounds. Uh, there's a lot of different textures. So I yeah, I applaud him. It's yeah, it's great. It's great. We we're lucky to have this and and do this. K. Um, yeah, I was very excited to post the like sweet we went to the we me and Kay went together to the rich jones and uh shrapnel show in maine mm-hmm. uh, and it was a very meaningful experience where a lot of crazy shit happened and yeah. i i wrote 1700 words about it when i got home and posted it as like a live show review um mm-hmm. it was called like pensive in the microphone a love story um and People have responded well to it. People are enjoying that, so that's cool. About to start getting on your live journal shit. No, press pass. Get blog. your press passes up. There's you know, blog. There's, like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's why not? Anytime somebody rolls through Portland, man, you should hit them up a week and a half about prior. Like I run Free Music Empire. I need press passes. Boom. Well, I got cards now. I got business cards, which is nice. So people at <laughs> the go. show were coming up to me and they were like, oh, are you a rapper? And I'm like, totally not a rapper, not at all a rapper, but here's my business card. I'm affiliated, you know? There you go. Yeah, so I was able to get that. I think, Kay, did you did you get the business card that you were looking for? You yeah, wanted- yeah, yeah I, I gave one out. All right, cool, cool. Um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're out here trying to be in the community and support the community. It's, uh, it's about, you know, it seems yeah. like Portland, Maine is a pretty great city. Yeah, for for this type of stuff. So hopefully, I get to get up there soon. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I I appreciate it all. Thank you for being on. Uh, Yo, uh, I want to say I appreciate y'all. You know, um, the, a lot of the bigger publications, quote unquote, bigger, falling the shit. And you know, I appreciate y'all loving what y'all do enough to mm-hmm. take the time out once a once plus a week to do mm-hmm. something like this. So um. Just, you know, thank y'all. It's 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 been crazy seeing support journalism, obviously, but the uh, and that was funny when I was on uh what was it? I was on the next movement podcast a while ago, and they were like, Why didn't you try and write for Pitchfork or any of these other places? And I realized when he asked me the question, I hadn't even thought of doing that. Yeah, I was like, no, I'll just start my own shit. Like, That's not even in your thought process. Not even in my thought process. Mm-hmm. So, like, the only way I knew how to do it was this, and so this has been incredibly rewarding in that way. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and I don't have to write about Jack Harlow or anything like that. So it's cool. Yeah, no, no homework from some suits. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, so, I told you I definitely try to give it a shot at being a journalist, like not like even as a way to like just some people on get my foot in the door like back in the Mishka era and it just ain't work out you know on top of it not being for me like you will get assigned work and it's like you got to sit here and write x amount of words on something that you didn't discover yourself yeah and you think about how many how many pitchfork let me not even not let me not single pitchfork out think about how many blogs where the staff writers are just getting assigned work right and it's like they have to post this they don't even really care about it and it's you know? and the crazy part when the other part happens, like I know 
like when when a when a writer who works for the most major publications does really hard work to sneak in an album that's off the beaten path, it'll get vetoed sometimes too. They get beat up afterwards to be like, "Not said a veto, veto." Enough score. It's like, dude, he had to fight to even get this thing hit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's you know, wild. You, you, it'll make you wonder because you know back in the day when it was still two dope boys and all of those types of blogs, like it, oh, ad revenue was a different situation. You know, you go totally. to you go to two dope boys and there's the top rocker advertisement. Like it ain't like that no more. And I feel like at that point it started being about we need to like post things that are going to drive up the engagement to to yeah, fund yeah, yeah. to feed the advertisement the advertisement. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's why you always got to like appreciate the publications and platforms that got that integrity and just are going to cover and focus on the things they love without any type of outside influence, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, Kay, if you haven't heard the, it's the blog era series of podcasts. You definitely oh, that shit is great. Amazing. I was watching, I was listening to that week to week, like it was Game of Thrones. It was, yeah. The blog era podcast by it's the real it's 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 fantastic so you know it was crazy i was listening to uh it's charles hamilton the mixtape this morning right when i was uh, going to get going to get my coffee and the first track the intro is it's the real it's the real hosted that mixtape which is it's, it's, it's weird that you know i like those two i think they did they've been doing it for so long yeah definitely. But, but I'm not album is some weird ass shit you, you know go back and check it out if you ever get the chance it's, mm-hmm. it's charles hamilton Charles Hamilton and I was I was in a conversation with somebody just like talking about the mixtape era and I was like, man, I wasted so much time. I listened to so much Charles Hamilton, <laughs> and Charles Hamilton liked the tweet. I he was yeah. not tagged on the tweet. He's just everywhere apparently. I don't know. Yeah, something. yeah, no, it's crazy. I definitely hit him up one day, and I was trying to get him on some shit, and he was telling me like, I don't have a microphone, so. <laughs> send him something, but it's gonna be. I don't know. I'm not. I don't want to hear him. But I was trying to get him on some shit, and it just didn't pan out. And it was just for a reason other than some shit that you could fix. It. I don't know. Charles to Charles Hamilton, because I like you spent a lot of time, especially await Hamiltonization process. There's yep, like yep. 20 mixtapes to digest in. You know. Yeah. No, that was that was a talent for real, and uh, yeah, it was it was something you had to be there. But uh, no, oh, also, also, fish that say Portland, three dollar pistol is releasing the vinyl and hoodies. Nice. So mm-hmm. hit that up. Uh, when Bandcamp Friday comes around or whatever, hit the get the get the fish that save Portland by a Televangel t shirt. You know, support these cats, man. Man, um, buy physical music from all your favorites. All your friends, mm-hmm. you know, build your build up your collection. You know, I would if I didn't have to pick up my whole laptop, I'll show up all the vinyls <laughs> I got from the artists themselves. You know, yep. Joints I got like my high bias, elusive. Gave I I got that from elusive. Sway, you, know you know who made this beanie that I'm wearing? Nah. Oh, Grape God. Oh, yo, Grape God is good. Yeah, I can see yo, he's he's on some whole other shit. If I, I, I fuck with Great God because when I met him, I was like, Yo, you got a job? And he was like, nah, I do this. Like, he's yeah. constantly looking for new ways to hustle. And like, once he got that in, like, he does with the embroidery machine and with the paintings, like, I got a ton of respect for him. Ton of respect. Apart and, from and also being a good dude, you know? Great. Yeah. And, and a fun, 
interesting artist who's always experimenting and doing stuff. But you know, the thing with him that's going to always like set him aside from the rest of us is that he listens to strictly Bay Area rap. Yeah. Strictly. You know, and like you could hear that. And that's not, I don't think, I, where I'm at, I have such an appreciation for Bay Area rap that I have an appreciation for Great God. So I, it's going to be interesting when the legend of Great God grows to see how more people react. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's very funky. It's not for everybody, I'm saying. Absolutely. We got to get E-40 on a Grape God album. Yo, he, I mean, I'm sure he loved that, but it's like even when I was driving around with him, he was playing joints like I thought I was hip. There's all types. Like Bay Area artists don't have to leave their area. Right, There's right. so many legends from the Bay that are legends in the Bay. Like they have that independent hustle down pat. Like we never, people we never even heard of going platinum out the trunk of their car and yep. open you know? Thizzler All Stars, you know, is what it is. Yeah. So I will thank you, Kay, for doing this with me, uh, and we will we will keep rocking. Come and get what you need.